to uh, an impromptu special episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Casey. And I'm Sam. And the reason that we're putting this episode out today is because it's our one year anniversary. So Woo! we published our first episode on December 17th of last year. And it feels like in some ways it feels like it's been way longer. And in some ways it feels like it was like two months ago. <laughs> yeah, dude, it is weird. It's such a trip. I don't I, I it's hard to believe it's been a year. Uh, it's really cool the way that it's turned into more of a community than I think we expected when we started this. I mean, it what this it was born. <laughs> it was born out of us just reconnecting and joking about all the goofy Christian shit we grew up thinking. Well, I guess we can record ourselves. I guess we had the audacity to think that it would be worth recording our unintelligible conversations of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, we just started with our friends, like people that we knew, or sometimes they were just acquaintances, but people we knew from Liberty who had similar experience. The things just kind of snowballed into something really dope. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it kind of caught us by surprise how how much momentum this thing picked up and you know thank you to everybody listening thanks for downloading to give you an idea let me give you some stats here of, of where growing up christian stands as of today so one year in we've put out 55 normal episodes like our weekly stuff and i think four episodes of friday fellowship which is kind of like our once in a while, That's we have so a friend cute. on goofing around. <laughs> I feel like we would have done more. I feel like there's so we have so many friends to just goof off with. But I guess, honestly, it's more of a scheduling thing than anything at this point. It's like it's tough to find the time always to find another night of the week to sit down and do those. But those are always so much fun. Yeah, the scheduling goes in like bursts where Sam will have like eight people lined up to a week for like four weeks, but then three of those people inevitably will cancel or have to postpone or, you know, somebody gets sick, somebody with a weak immune system that, you know, can't help but cough and hack all the time. <laughs> That's still me. I get it. I get what you're doing. And Oh, shit, I'm doing it. I've had <laughs> this cough. I don't know. It's hard to even gauge for people who are uh, who are listening, I guess, on the intro last week, week before, uh, two weeks ago, I was like, in awful shape but whenever i get sick i get stuck with this cough i feel fine but i get this cough that lasts for about like four weeks and it doesn't hurt it's like no it's just like you talk and all of a sudden your body's just like we're gonna ruin this conversation and you just i can't stop coughing it's i gotta struggle i'm for the past two intros have been awful and now we're doing um our little impromptu one year and i'm that's three weeks it's like three weeks later almost, and I'm still coughing. Yeah, I, there's, I think that thing's going around right now because there's a couple of the guys that I work with that have been had, it, they've been stuck with it for like a few weeks themselves. But yeah, so 59 total recordings that we've put out. There's been a couple more that didn't quite make the cut where, uh, you know, so we've had one or two with audio issues. We've had a couple especially in the beginning, we did like six episodes that we yep. listened back to. And we're like, this is, this is trash. <laughs> yeah. So we just got Dude, rid of them. They, those ones were so funny to listen back to. Like 
I it had to. Yeah, I think the first it has to have been the first six or seven recordings that we did where we just like we need to put these in the garbage and we we did them, listened back to each one and we're like, well, let's just keep going. And then eventually we were just like, all right, we're going to just hit the reset button on this whole thing. So by the time you heard like the first episodes that that came out with us talking about what our college experience was or our faith experience. That was probably the third time we had told each other those stories. <laughs> so they, <Yeah. laughs> they managed to come out not sounding like overly rehearsed, but it had definitely been the third time we had those conversations recorded. That's the upside of being a narcissist is you just never get tired of hearing yourself talk, you know? I know. Listening to yourself tell those stories and uh, being like, eh, no, we'll try this again. And then deleting that <laughs> twice and and then actually being like, I think that's good enough. I think people are going to enjoy listening to me say it this time. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, so a lot of recording, a lot of time spent, you know, uh, talking to people, putting episodes together, booking, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, to give you an idea, and this, you know, like I said, the momentum that we that this thing kind of picked up off the bat was a little shocking, I think, at times, but... To give you an idea, we've had almost 50,000 people download the podcast so far. And so, I don't know, it's, it's humbling to to see that. I mean, that's that's incredible. And man, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. I, what are, um, I guess, what are some of your, what, I mean, we've talked to so many people. It's hard to actually always recall exactly, like off the top of your head, all the guests that we've had, we've had a lot of really fun people to talk to, but are there any like standouts for you where you're just like, this was, this was well, a lot of fun for me. Okay. Let's start with this. Our, our, our go-tos, some of our favorite people that have been recurring guests. One Luke slam dunk Wilson. Yeah, uh, I know it's been a little while since we talked to him too. I feel like we got to get that guy back on the show. Dude, he's been running and gunning. He's like yeah. on news shows and stuff right now. They just passed little, that legislation that he was pretty excited about that banned conversion therapy in Canada. Yeah. So. He's been on a bunch of podcasts. He's a little podcast slut these days. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that word? No, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think as long as it's not, uh, related to sexual activity, I think. You okay. Can. All right. We'll, we'll keep it. <laughs> We're going to do yeah, zero. But, uh, on this episode. Luke, I think what it, did you came across Luke's story somewhere and yeah, messaging, no, I, oh, it was his article that he wrote, right? I had seen that. Uh, there was um, there's a Facebook group that existed for Liberty alum who were disappointed uh, with that place, <laughs> who, who woke up while they were in, in at some point. Uh, and the the Facebook group it was it's private and it would. It would, uh, it would, any articles that would come out related to Liberty University and the fucking dumpster fire that that place is, it would, it would post there and people would, talk. Uh, and they would occasionally post things from Luke, uh, that he had written. Uh, Luke was active in that, in that group, uh, when things would get, it's the group has essentially died out a, for the most part. Um, not anyone could just post in it, but they, it, there was a, um, a big return your diploma to LU protest or something like that. If a couple of years back, do you remember that Casey? Yeah. Uh, and the idea was everyone brings their diplomas to like the front, I think the steps of DeMoss or whatever. And just like, 
I don't know, throw it, threw it at Damas. Uh, and then uh, I don't know. I don't know how long I hung out. I, well, I didn't make the, the trip, uh, but I've been holding on to my diploma ever since. I keep thinking about doing a live burning of it. And I just, and plus, then I feel guilty because it's kind of plasticky. And I'm like, should I really be burning this? I'm not really <laughs> going to affect the environment at all. But it's just like, I've, um, I've shifted my Christian guilt to uh, like liberal guilt. So it's just like, Oh, that's probably bad for the planet. I don't know if I should do that. So I'm struggling through it. Maybe you guys can all pray for me and help me come to a, a a good decision with your thoughts and prayers on whether or not I should burn it or not on Instagram live, but you could recycle it. Yeah. You can go to the, uh, I, so I live in the middle of nowhere, so there is no recycling service out here. Like you can't get a can for it or anything. So you have to just like hoard your garbage for a month and then you take it to this place in downtown Wichita that's like a big recycling center and sort through it all and stuff and get sticky hands and oh gross there's always like some weird some weird people there that look like they might be collecting rather than dropping off oh yeah I'm sure that's the thing there's dude it's funny uh there's also because I have recycling I can when I lived in Boston, everything was single stream and I loved it. Like you didn't separate cardboard. You just or, dump it in. Yeah. It was like every, anything that could be recycled, you dumped in one bin and a truck came and took it. Um, and then they took it and burned it. Yes. I was going to get, <laughs> I, I don't really want to derail this into a whole conversation about recycling, but most towns that offer recycling, I, at least more than 50% of that just gets thrown away. Like if you don't rinse your shit out, it goes in the garbage. Like, there's so many reasons. And then even most plastics that have the recycle symbol on it can't really be recycled. Like there, there's yeah. so many issues with our recycling system. Well, that's like uh, if I, you know, taking mine in, they have like, like five different bins for different types of recyclable plastic. Yeah. And like three or four different bins for different types of paper. So you kind of have to like sort it as you go in, which when you're, when you don't know what you're doing is really annoying, but now I'm like, I got it down pro. to science. I'm, I'm going quick now. I, but I would put my recycles out. And one day I looked out and watched the pickup happen. And, uh, the trash truck legit just dumped all my recycles straight into the trash. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Uh, <sighs> but then also I'm like, I, I'm supposed to separate it all out. And then I went to, I have, it's not like a real dump that I have in my small town, but they got a place where you can bring your trash and recycles. It's just like the big blue dumpsters that separated them out. And like, so uh, for a while, they always had them separated plastic, cardboard, like plastic and glass, cardboard, and then one for your trash. And I went there recently and the plastic and cardboard were the same. They all got dumped into the same bin now. And I'm still separating out my recycles at home between plastic and cardboard. So I, I don't know if we move to like some single stream service that I'm not aware of, but right I'm not trying to put in that effort. I'm not trying to put that. I know <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, they're just throwing all this in and then sending it into like a cremator basically. And it's like, they're reducing their coal, coal usage, getting those, those carbon credits for the state, but they're just burning your garbage instead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I get so frustrated by the, uh, this is a great anniversary episode talking about recycling, but I do get really frustrated by the fact that like, I feel like everyone, not everyone individually, but like collectively 
there's like this push for people to be conscious about whether or not they recycle or don't. And you should. I do. I try to. Great. But they're like when you when you really look at what the problem is, it's not people. It's like businesses that have just become it's too profitable to not use single use plastics, right? There's no incentive for them to change. So they're going to just keep producing it and we're going to have to keep buying it and keep throwing it out or recycling it. But it's just never going to like fix. We're not going to fix our landfill problems or our pollution problems or whatever. Like until we're like, I don't know. I feel like that's the great ploy. Like that we obviously live in a corporatocracy and the ploy is, Make people think the onus is on them to recycle and we'll just keep fucking this planet over and making a good profit on it. It just gets to get mad at their neighbor because they put their aluminum cans in a trash bag instead of a recycling bin and make us turn on each other. That's what I think is going on. That was a long way of saying that you just throw everything away. I don't do that, Casey. Don't (laughs) tell people that. Where's that liberal guilt when you need it? I know. Uh, Okay. So, so Christian Nightmares. Yeah, I was going to mention him. He's he was great. I loved Brent Lydic, the guy who made Spirit Quest. I thought we yeah we had a fun connection with him, and is uh, the way that he put some of his deconstruction into a movie that he was able to to make and, and get uh, like a distributor for to get that movie produced and made it was really cool. Uh, I don't know if I didn't know him and know where he came from. Like, I don't think I have the, the savvy to pick. I'm not, uh, I don't break down film very, let's be honest. Like you ever talk to like film buffs and listening to them pick up on the nuance of what directors are doing with their films. And Oh yeah. We talked about like, that. I think when we, uh, did we, when we intro that episode, how, how we're too dumb to, to yeah. find the themes. <laughs> But the way that he he put that in, uh, especially now coming at it, knowing that that's the direction he came, I appreciate a lot. And anyone who can make a movie, I think, deserves all the accolades in the world because that shit doesn't come together easy. I'm trying. I'm thinking back on like some of the ones that I had the most fun with. So uh, shout out to Jenna. Her her episode was called Life on the Lamb with a Christian Con Man. Yeah. And she talked about her her dad who basically like was a traveling church swindler that you know talked about being a uh millionaire from uh i forget where, I don't, where I they said they're where. from yeah he definitely said he uh, Monte had Carlo. All his assets frozen and shit yeah he had a he had a great story hosed a bunch of churches and, and people and individuals out of uh out of money and resources and things and her her story was fascinating I thought I, I love that. So that's, that's like a podcast that I would download, you know, normally, but right. uh, she, her, her story was really interesting. Um, I think there's a couple of episodes that definitely made me feel dumb. So like yeah. talking to Dan <laughs> Coke or, um, yeah. Yeah. Or uh, Charles McBride. Yeah. I feel like dude, it came away a... from a few of those. Like, Oh man, I'm a Neanderthal. Yeah, there's a couple where you're like, these people have a lot of information stored in their brain. They clearly put a lot more work into learning things and and having a an opinion that people want to hear. Uh, I've, we fly by the seat of our pants in a lot of ways. 
And, and look, obviously people seem to like it well enough and it's working for us to some degree. And we can talk to smart people and get uh, the information from them. But it doesn't stay up in my brain for as long as I, I learned <laughs> things long enough just to impress people with a fact or two real quick. And, and then I have to find new ones to use later on. So that way, like, I feel like I'm staying like I look kind of smart, but I don't think anything sticks up there as long as I, as long as I like to, like there are so many people who read a book and obtain information and that is with them forever. That's just, that's there. Yeah. They have that sword in their brain and they will pull it out 10 years later. I'm so envious of people who have that kind of a mind. I only store facts about uh, animals, Guns. serial killers, and cults. That's yeah. like, I've got three folders in my brain and that's what it all goes into. That's so. essentially how you occupy your time. I mean, you're either hunting, listening to podcasts about cults or serial killers. Yeah. Or actively serial killing. I mean, maybe I've done the research. I feel like I could do it. Do you legitimately think you could get away with murder? I know most people probably think they do, especially now. I mean, anyone who grew up watching like CSI uh, and all these like, I mean, crime dramas. I've watched so many crime dramas, dude. British crime dramas. Me and my wife were on a kick for a long time. I feel like I've obtained a lot of information. I think I don't or not- know if I could do it. Whether or not you get away with it has a lot to do with uh, who your victim is. Like if people are going to automatically, are they going to know that they're missing soon? Or could they go for a while without, you know, do they not have like steady contact with the people around them and stuff? I mean, that's kind of why serial killers, I mean, the ones that have gone on for a while, you know, they, that's a big part of why is because, you know, they're, they're preying on vulnerable people that, you know, police have, typically not put a ton of effort into finding when people yeah. report them missing and or people um, you have no connection with too right like serial killers they don't have the connection prior outside of maybe some general stalking but a lot of murders are people killing people they know and those people yeah, seem it's a to huge get caught. percentage but like if it's if it's a random act of violence like like if i saw joel osteen walking to his car unprotected and <laughs> you know I mean, maybe I tried to do something. I don't know. I don't want to get too specific, but I don't have any connection to that guy. Uh, and if there were no cameras in that parking lot, they would never be like, we should look into Sam Shipman. They would have no idea. I think if I'm going to go with it, like if I'm going to start doing something criminal, I think drug trafficking has a lot more appeal to me than as serial killing. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't find murder particularly you've, I mean, you've talked a lot about like how murder situations make you horny and i just it's not for me i don't get that you know it's weird i must have blocked some of that out because i don't recall that quite the same way you do but i'll take your word for you it said, i like it when their eyes go dark yeah you know <laughs> and my right. hands no, are sore and my arms are cramping up but i just keep on squeezing it's hard. It's honestly hard to even pay attention to what you're saying with all the blood from my head rushing to my penis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting dizzy. If you had to kill, if you could, and you knew you'd get away with it, kill one mega church pastor. <laughs> oh, man. That's a tough one. See, it's I tough. feel like there's so many, there's so many rising stars out there right now that I don't know their names and stuff like that. 
I would yeah. go with a classic and pick like Benny Hinn. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'd go with Ravi Zacher. Oh, Somebody beat you. Else. God beat yeah. you to the punch. <laughs> Dude, Greg Locke is a prime candidate. I truly find that man despicable and horribly he's super annoying. annoying. Yeah, he's so bad. He's so annoying. I, I, think I'll, I think I'll go with Greg Locke. I bet you Pastor Greg tells a lot of fight stories. He's he strikes me as that kind of guy. Like, oh he's, yeah, he's always got a story that he's uh, quote unquote reluctant to tell you about a time when you know he saw like he's the kind of guy that like f- sits around and fantasizes about seeing someone like like slap a woman in the parking lot and he would intervene because it's not him and he's so angry that he's not the one doing the slapping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but he strikes me as that kind of guy. Like, like you know, I I wouldn't hit anybody, but uh, you know, they forced my hand with their conduct. I had to yeah. step in. It was only the only right thing to do was to shoot him in the face. I mean, Jesus flipped tables. What was I supposed to do? Greg Locke is the guy with the short hair that like was screaming. Sounds about how like if you came in with a mask, he would tell you to get out. Yeah. He was, uh, we played his clip on the Christian Nightmares episode. All right, the most recent one, the top nightmares of this shit show of a year. What's the guy who looks like the the bad guy from Fallout or from uh, Far Cry 5? You know, he's like the younger guy and he always got like the droopy Jeffrey Dahmer glasses on. Oh, I don't, yeah, he does look like it. He dresses like a hype beast. Yeah, yeah, I I cannot remember his name. Um, that that trashy hips. He's got like that like it. It can't be hipster because he dresses too expensive. But it'd be like if a hipster won the lottery, which I guess he did because he's a mega church pastor. So I mean, he did. Yeah, he he looks like a, an annoying TikToker that says even more annoying things. Yeah, uh, I can't remember his name though. Uh, that one's I'm drawing a blank on that one. Dude, yeah, the Far Cry I, guy. You guys know what I'm talking about. I, yeah, I don't know how many gamers we have out there. I played Far Cry 5. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, he looks like uh, uh, the guy from Waco. I You lost me on that one. Oh, man. I hate myself. I just bragged about storing all this information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a ch- I'm I'm changing the topic, though, because I think we would be remiss to not talk about... Um, David Koresh. Go nope. on. Yeah, okay. Uh, our episode with Zach Levitt from who's the showrunner for Gangster Capitalism. Yeah. That that was an interesting one. Was fantastic. That guy is um his investigative journalism skills are uh, unbelievable. And you know his credentials before that. I mean he he, he did a lot of he, as he said in the episode he liked capturing story. Um he done a lot of sports docs but the way he has masterfully handled all the shit at Liberty University. And I mean, even the seasons before that on the NRA or the college admissions scandal, like, I mean, he he's hitting on stories that are current and he he's painting this full picture of these issues that people care about in a way that no other media outlets really have. Uh, and he, he does it through firsthand conversations with people involved and, he he's truly incredible at what he does. Uh, I and I just recently listened to uh, bonus episode two of Gangster Capitalism season three, and it's just uh, it's another interview 
an episode revolving around one of the Jane Doe's and and the Title IX violation case that has been filed against Liberty. It was, uh, I don't don't even know the right words to describe it. I mean, it's gut-wrenching for sure, listening to people describe their stories of rape and sexual assault. But the the way it played out in the misreporting between LUPD and Lynchburg Police Department and the way that they just it really chose not to investigate uh, based on a feeling or or covered things up, uh, didn't provide records that were request that were subpoenaed for court. Like there's so many issues. I mean, if you haven't listened to it, you got to listen to it. it. It's truly an unbelievable another another unbelievable situation that has come out of Liberty University. Yeah, that was that was a fun one talking to him and just hearing some of the behind the scenes info about that and pulling that kind of an episode or that kind of a series together. Just it's a whole different skill set. Not everybody is cut out for that kind of work, you know? Yeah, dude, on episode three, I mean, on um on the bonus episode two of season three, you hear Zach on a call uh, with with one of the detectives who didn't investigate this case and the way that he just asks questions candidly, you know, he doesn't ask leading questions. He's very calculated in the questions that he asks, but he's talking to somebody that he clearly thinks made a lot of mistakes. And I I'm just, it's impressive. It's really impressive to listen to. him. I mean, what he, it's not like he has a background in this uh, in asking these kinds of questions and having these conversations with people. And he, handles it so professionally asks all the right things to get the information he needs to to put a show like that together he's he's really doing incredible work i i I loved talking to him maybe there'll be a season four that's related to something we can talk to him about because it'd be fun to have him back on i was trying to think of some of the funnier ones like where we laughed the most i've the one that comes to mind for me is that uh, the episode we did with Stephen Henning from the Ravel podcast. Yeah. Where we talked about, we went on a whole side rant about how purity or uh, chastity cages, like those, <laughs> like, yeah, dick cages, locking, and the uh, new chastity belts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his story about having like a purity ceremony. What what was like the curriculum that they were using for that whole thing? Is it, it was true that, love weights? Was it tr- yeah, I think it was true love weights. Okay, yeah, but they had like a whole like mock wedding ceremony where they. <laughs> it's so dumb! It's insane. It his is story, crazy. Yeah, his purity <laughs> ring breaking the day after he had sex with his girlfriend or whatever, or went too far. I don't know if I should put him on black. I don't remember if it was sex specifically. Maybe he grabbed a boob, but. He woke up the next day and his purity ring had cracked. That's the best fucking story, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's some straight up uh that's some that's a Bible story almost. Yeah, yeah. Dude, we had um also a lot of fun and a lot of laughs with Micah J. Murray. Yeah. Yeah. He's what's what's his podcast called? The um Existential Happy Hour, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was a yeah. fun one. I think uh the 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 conversation we had with the existential ginger was a ton of fun. We actually yeah. have an episode coming out. We were guests on her podcast, which is called the existential ginger. That will be out 
the day before this airs. It's coming out on the 16th, I believe. Yeah. And this will so, air on the 17th, or is this airing on the 16th? It's, it's something. something. Yeah. It airs. It'll it'll go. It'll air. We're recording for anyone who cares. <laughs> we're recording this on the 15th, and it's either going to air on the 16th or 17th of December. And at that point, you can also listen to us on the Existential Ginger podcast. Yeah, we we actually did like a pretty long one with with her and it was it was fun. I think we I think we've both been drinking a little bit and it yeah. was a blast. I definitely think I probably did. Sometimes when I do other people's podcasts and I know I don't have to try to make it go in any particular direction and have my wits about me, I will I think most of the time if I've been on other people's podcasts, I've had a few drinks doing it and maybe a couple leading up to <laughs> definitely think uh like my wow i can't believe we're talking to this person right now episode is probably with jesse leach from kill switch engage yeah i i'm gonna agree with you on that one completely because i don't i mean there is others too i think you know i mean it, we talk to other people who have who are in bands that we we enjoy but Kill Switch Engage for me growing up was like a big fucking deal. Not only were they a big deal for me growing up, like they're still a big deal. They have a huge following. They world tour. They are, they're just a big deal. Uh, so to be able to, you know, have him on, especially early on, let's be honest, dude, you know, we were really early on in this thing. We had nobody of real, what episode was he? We didn't have a lot of, um, Oh, I a think lot he released the, at that point. I think he was in the first 10 or 15. Yeah, we we hadn't had a lot of shit released yet. Um, maybe we had talked to John Steingard. I think he might have been our biggest guest at that point. We had moved on from our friends to some people who had some were part of the, I don't know, the evangelical machine at some point or another. But yeah, it's episode us. 14. Yeah, that's so that's so early for us. Uh, and to not have a back catalog, to not have a list of guests uh, that he would be familiar with at that point, like was one really cool of him to just give us that, to kind of take that shot. Like, yeah, why not? He had nothing to lose out of it. Uh, I guess. I mean, he could have just ignored the message or whatever. I, it was just really dope of him to to take a shot on a podcast that had really just just started i mean what we recorded it and it came out a couple weeks later we we were so early on yeah i just was, I, I think it's been surprising about it too and so sam does all the booking and he's he's been the one to you know organize a lot of that kind of stuff and and get some of these guests lined up and everything and i'm like shocked at how gracious people have been with their time because yeah. i would have figured that a lot of the people that we talk to would be like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know? right. Some people have done that for sure. A, a decent chunk of people. There's I got to say without naming names, cause I, that's, that'd be fucked up. There's a lot of people who I've talked to and they're like, yeah, definitely. It sounds great. Uh, let's get something scheduled. And then, you know, you start working towards it and they're like, I, you know, I got it. Let's like shoot for, I don't know. They'll, they'll put out a little bit of a later date. Like maybe they got something coming up, whatever. People are busy. Yeah, no problem. You reach out and it's just complete silence after that. Like you said to follow up, then you send another follow up and they're, that's it. They're done. The communication ended. 
And I, I that that drives me nuts. Uh, and it's happened a couple of times where you think you've you've got some great ones on the line uh, that are that the listeners would love, and then they, then they get away. So, other questions like, what are some of the interesting, weird, uncomfortable things that have happened uh, to you as a result of doing this con- this podcast and talking about this type of stuff? Uh, I don't. It's tough uh, to be honest. There are certain specifics uh, about it that I I don't actually want to get into because <laughs> I don't know if they'll it'll get if it'll get heard. Um, but there's definitely some there. I mean, there's some family members who have listened and been like, who have never mentioned to me that they've listened that are very disappointed in the direction. <laughs> of very. And it's funny because, uh, you know, I think a lot of their disappointment comes from, you know, I, they, I don't think they listened too deep into it. Maybe a few episodes in their disappointment was largely related to some of the jokes. I guess that I made that they thought were sacrilegious or something like that. And that they, they have made this decision that I'm kind of anti-Christian now, ironically. Right. Cause you did talk about Jesus giving a hand job with the holes in his in his Look, palms. I didn't talk about it. It was a brief jest and it I didn't go into a lot of detail, but it I'm yeah, sure our joke, Lord and Savior understands. I think he laughed his ass off if, <laughs> if he was listening. I don't That's know. That's another nail in the coffin for you. <laughs> but it yeah, so there's been it's weird because now it's like, are you gonna mention it? Are you not? Um I just have to sit here knowing that you listen to it and that you're disappointed, but you'll never actually have that conversation. I think that's, what's weird is like there are certain family members and people that were, like, you don't have those kinds of conversations with. Uh, I have some family members where I've specifically told them that I don't want to have certain conversations with them um, <laughs> because you know they're the ones that are reluctant to have them. And then they are the ones that try to have them uh, and they want to talk about politics and religion and it, it never turns out right. And it's like, look, I obviously love you. I want to have a relationship with you. And that's only going to work if we don't have these conversations, at least every time we try to, <laughs> every time we see each other, uh, maybe once a year we can have these and get mad and yell and then take a break for another 365 days. But yeah, I don't know. What about you? I mean, you've, I'm sure you've had a couple, you've had a couple of things come up. I know how much you can get into it specifically, but. Well, my, so I, I work where I work, I work with some family members and that are in, you know, leadership in that, in the company. And, uh, I had someone complain uh, at work about it. (laughs) (laughs) They went straight to the top and said that they didn't appreciate, uh, the fact that I was talking about this, that or having the, you know, yeah. Making jokes about this kind of, you know, same sort of thing, like disrespectful, not professional, shouldn't be doing it. And uh, yes, all three. <laughs> that one that makes my that uh, gets my hackles up. <laughs> makes me want to choke somebody out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling HR. There's like a weird line in there where, you know, because I'm in sales and you know i have a team of guys that that i work with that are all in sales and it is a it's a constant thing like weighing 
what you should post on social media. Like if you have customers and coworkers oh, and people from other yeah. companies and everybody has like kind of a different standard for that. And everybody's standard flexes and bends depending on if they agree with whatever it's being said. Yes. Yep. And I don't know that that has been annoying at times. Although I think most, most of the, there's a bunch of people that I work with that, uh, that listen to the show pretty regularly and we've had conversations about it and stuff and it's been very good natured. So that was, I mean, I think the other only awkward thing that's really happened besides that, other than like hearing that, you know, so-and-so made a comment about this and that was, uh, I talked about it not too long ago, but I had a Christian nightmares t-shirt on. Yeah. 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 (laughs) The neighbor has a horse that gets out periodically she's kind of an escape artist her name's cricket and my yard is full of apple trees so cricket broke out of the fence one day and she wanted to come over and eat apples and so this old lady that's such a typical horse thing to do dude come on that that horse (laughs) needs to get a fucking personality she's got an attitude she's a sassy gal but uh there's an old lady that stopped and we were working in the yard and I came out from around the corner carrying a bunch of stuff. And she's like, your horse is out. I'm like, oh, man, it's not it's not my horse. We get to talk and she's she wants to help corral it and stuff. She's a really nice lady. But uh, at some point, she looked at my T-shirt that says Christian nightmares on it. And she had and like, then she looked at your waist and she realized you were Donald ducking it. And it got really weird. Real quick. <laughs> Just Christian nightmares <laughs> And then nothing. And she was like, I, I didn't realize at first. I don't know why. Um, it wasn't that explicit because I was like full tuck at the time. Okay. You yeah. Know? And I, I did my best not to give her like a, a directly from behind profile. I get it. I get it. The goat. And then it looked, it, it, she noticed when you threw one leg up over that horse to ride it back to the neighbor's yard. She saw full taint and was like, oh, wow. I see what's happening here now. Like, sorry, lady. Uh, here's an apple. <laughs> <laughs> you, you like uh, polish it off on your bare butt cheek, and then you just toss it to her and wink, <laughs> blow her a kiss, and took off. Yeah, little little wink. <laughs> Here you go. Take two. Yeah, Dude, she's I just had... like, what? what your what does your shirt say? Christian nightmare. She's like, are are you a Christian? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm. I'm I'm just like trying to get out of the conversation. Yeah. She's or like, a Are nightmare. you an atheist? And I'm like, no, it's just a guy I know has a website and it's called Christian Nightmares and stuff. And she just like wanted to dig into it so bad. Meanwhile, I'm trying to corral a horse yeah. that is loose and taking, you know, big old patty dumps in my yard. <laughs> yeah, you put your 10 gallon hat on, grab your lasso and we're going nuts, dude. Dude, this, this horse, I feel like if you tried to rope this horse you would be water skiing behind that thing. Like, yeah, it would just take off. She's not cooperative. I don't trust horses. I don't trust any animal that can kill me. It's really what it comes down to. Big dogs? <laughs> no fucking way, dude. I don't like big dogs. I mean, I have I have a decent-sized dog. Uh, it's like a, it's a lab boxer mix. Uh, I mean, it's not huge. It's like 75 pounds, maybe. It's like a, I don't know, that's Seems like a standard, like it's bigger than a mid-sized dog, not quite a large dog. Maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about, but 
that's as big as a dog can get before I'm just like, fuck this thing. This thing can fucking kill. Me. I, I could, if I could beat my dog up, I think if I had to, like, I don't want to, but if push came to shove and shit got real, I think I could, I think I could beat my dog. But when they get too big, it, like German shepherds even aren't even that big, but I'm scared of those things. Cause mine's can, pretty big. I know you got, he's yeah, like, I, he's like a hundred, he's a little over a hundred pounds. He's that's, very tall yeah, that's for a, a German shepherd. Dog. I just, but, it's dogs. I don't know. They don't trust, you know what? And it all st- probably stems from, uh, when I was a kid, I was at, uh, it's like some family thing. I don't even, I don't know who this family was. It was like cousins of my dad or something like that. I never saw him again afterwards, but they had a golden retriever. The dog was dope, played with it all day long, but it had some food aggression. Uh, and it was like chewing on a bone. And I went in to pet it, and that thing just lunged at me. Oh. And, like, barked and did, like, the chompy thing. And I was, like, knocked me over. I was fucking terrified. And Real scary. I, I mean, really, it's been – I honestly think that's probably the event that made me – I can't. I don't trust – like, once I trust them and, and I like them and I know them, then I'm fine. Like, there a lot of my friends with dogs, I'm not concerned about their dog. Uh, but meeting one. I, it all it ugh, it makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I get I get nervous. My shepherd, like if most German shepherds, like the ones that they use for police dogs and stuff, if those are grizzly bears, like mine's a panda bear. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it they're chasing down animals and, and stuff. It? Oh man, he's the, he's the type that would just be rolling around on the ground, like falling out of trees. <laughs> panda bears are like an evolutionary dead end. Yeah, dude, they are. It's insane that they haven't gone extinct. Aren't donkeys kind of like that? Or, or I don't know. No. What isn't there well, some mules, sort of like thing mules they can't you don't you can't like breed mules together. You have to like breed a horse and a don- I don't know what the rules are. Honestly, I'm just making things up. Yeah, I but I feel like <laughs> I know what you're saying. Like I feel like I maybe it's a mule. It's a horse and a, is that what a mule is? A horse and a donkey? Yeah. Of some sort. That's like that. You ever see that movie Splice with Adrian Brody? No. Oh, dude, that shit. I remember seeing the cover in the in the video store when I was a kid. They no, dude, that came out when we were at Liberty for sure. Oh, I must be thinking of something else. Maybe I'm thinking thinking of species species? or something. Yeah, yeah. That one. I feel like that one stuck out to kids because you knew there was nudity in it. I never saw it. but I knew (laughs) I knew I wanted to because I wanted to see some boobs for the first time. I yeah no splice was uh Adrian Brody was like I think he was like a scientist that they created like this human animal hybrid and he ended up like getting an attraction to it. and then he fucked it he, there's an entire scene where he fucks this hybrid thing and it's weird as shit it huh it, yeah it's worth watching I mean it was an interesting it, it's honestly a decent movie I think they could have gone a little bit lighter on the human hybrid fucking but generally so- decent but my so, point is, that's what a mule is. It's like, th- we still have them, but there's no reason to. Like, people just keep making that shit happen. And you're like, can you stop? It's they're work weird. animals. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but horses are too, and so are donkeys. Like, why do you need, why do you need stronger, to make that? Thing? Like, they're bigger or something. Then I get I get a Wikipedia. There's some yeah. sort of a reason that they use them. But so if I'm making like a criminal profile, the two things that I know make you horny are uh, banging damn. a chimera 
of some yeah. sort. <laughs> and then I'm more of a griffin guy. The mule I, of like a mule type person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then uh, uh, asphyxiation. Yeah. I never said that. You said that. Don't put words. Or I, I should say asphyxiating. Like you want Did your say- thumbs on someone's larynx that's i just don't I'm know why you're jumping to those conclusions because i never i never said that that's how i would actually murder somebody okay well we don't have to talk about it if you're not comfortable that's fine i'm comfortable talking about it i'm more <laughs> than happy to talk about how i want to murder somebody it's fine i mean i'm trying to i mean really what's the best way to do it maybe you're probably right it could be it's i mean too they, involved. They can then, Oh, and they can get like the, the bruises on the neck that can match to your hand patterns, and you got to watch out for that. I think it's, they supposed go, to, like, it's supposed to take a long time too. Oh, dude, like, you got to hold on to that for a while. You yeah, gotta choke when that chicken watch, for a bit. Yeah, when you watch movies and like people put their hands on people's necks and choke them out, and like it's like maybe three to five seconds they go down. Dude, I can't imagine the effort that would you would have to put into actually murdering someone. That sounds. <laughs> Like a true struggle. It sounds terrible. Or like how uh, I always laughed at like the Walking Dead. Because like in the Walking Dead universe, you can shove anything through a skull. Like any object. Like oh, you yeah? can lick your finger and stick it through the top of a zombie's head. No problem. No effort. And they the guy fragile can bones? a crossbow with his hands like nothing. <laughs> I didn't know zombies had such fragile bones. Yeah, apparently so. Maybe their bones rot. I don't know. Do they have um, osteoporosis? Is that? Is that... <laughs> I think that must be it. Yeah, we need to get these zombies on a good multivitamin. We gotta get some fucking calcium, like those hair, skin, and nails ones, like April takes. <laughs> Your central oh one God. of days. Or else uh, someone's going to stick their thumb through your temple. You never know. Ooh. I feel like I've watched a movie where uh, the murder, like someone, I, I'm not recalling it specifically, but it's death by sticking your fingers through their eyeballs. And Oh, like, yeah. That's, that's been in a few awful. things. Yeah, that is truly a horrible, horrible thing to have to do. Look, if you had to kill a dog, though, like if you had to fight off a vicious dog, that's probably a decent way to go for it, right? Yeah, I think they say <laughs> was that a topic on uh, on this is important where they were talking about like shoving your your fist in a in a dog's mouth if it's attacking you. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> and it it somehow turned into like putting your thumb in the dog's butt. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, if you need a new podcast to add to your list and just want something totally totally worthless but fun. This yeah. is important is fantastic. It's all the dudes from workaholics and it's great. Yeah, it's definitely climbed to the top of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, I want to give a shout out to uh, then we can kind of let's talk about a little bit about what we're looking to do coming up. Right. But before that, I want to give a shout out to the last podcast episode we put out before this one, before our one year anniversary with Aaron Sprinkle. Because that was easily one of my favorite conversations we've had since starting this. That was a fun one for sure. There's, there's a, there's people like we've could, I feel like you, you establish a connection with some of the guests, right? Like you build up a rapport pretty quick. 
uh, and it, it's pretty casual. And then there, there's definitely some that are more of an interview, right? Especially the smarter ones. Uh, you know, is it? Uh, my God, I'm blanking on her first name, Catherine. Not not was, not smarter, more more academic types. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was a Catherine Stewart who had written that book, The Power Worshipper. Yeah, right. She's about Christian smart. nationalism. She's an author. It's all about Christian nationalism. It's like that—that's an interview. You're not just shooting the shit, hitting banter, talking about goofy ass shit from how you like from growing up, whatever. It, you know, she didn't even grow up in that world. Uh, but you're talking to someone who spent a decade researching what it means, like how that world became what it is. So you have you have people like that where it's like this is an interview. It's not as much of a conversation, but. And we've had plenty that are like conversations and they're all those, those ones are a lot of fun for us. But with, with Aaron, it was, um, I don't know. I just, he was someone that I felt like you hit it off with real quick. And that was, it went long. That was one of our longer episodes. And it was kind of one of those you were surprised by the time you're just like, Oh shit, we should probably close this thing out now. It's been almost two hours, but you know, just knowing his um, his involvement in the music scene, the the music industry that made us, um, and it was all behind the scenes, and he was privy to a lot of conversations and watched a lot of people change their faith, their beliefs, and he he obviously had had his questions and changed his over time, but he he almost it's more recent that he had really begun to look at what he believed uh, and whether or not this was for him or not. And I loved it. It was, I had so much fun talking to him. I thought we connected in a way that we don't with all of our guests. And I, so I just felt like it was worth shouting out that I, I think we closed this year out. Uh, I think the interview that we put out with him for, to, to close out that final episode of the year was one of the ones that I'm most proud of and enjoyed the most. Yeah. Same. That was, that was a fun one. So, um yeah should we talk a little bit about going forward what we want to do what that looks like yeah I, so i one of you know we've been talking a, l- a little bit i feel like we've mentioned it on the podcast before about we got stuff coming up but we're finally getting some merch together um you know we're gonna do a little pre-order deal on a, a t-shirt that we've been in uh, working on for a little bit trying to get it just right for us and what we want to do. Do we want to get into what the shirt is or do we want to get into it after it comes out? What do we do here? I, I think we could give a little preview. So if you, uh, if you heard the Friday, if you heard the Friday fellowship episode that we did with my wife, April, uh, it's called like something about only fans. But uh, one of the things From she worship talked about, bands to only fans, we didn't talk about one. that episode because honestly, like we didn't talk about our least favorite episodes and that was definitely one of my least favorites. <laughs> It was weird. <laughs> April was not a great, you know, <laughs> brutal. So just because you, it was awkward just to feel the like the amazing connection, the strength of our bond. That like, and you know, it was weird to talk to somebody whose OnlyFans I subscribed to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't don't say that. <laughs> Well, so when she was talking, she was on, she talked a little bit about like some awkward youth group stories and stuff. And she shared a a story that I've heard a few different people now 
say that they did as well. And it was one of these like, you know, really heavy convicting object lessons that the youth group comes up with, you know, and what it was, was they took a piece of paper, they were all supposed to draw a heart, and then they were supposed to cut it out of the construction paper, right? Once everybody was done, they said, all right, so this is your heart. And this is what it looks like when you're born. This is, you know, uh, pure and, and lovely and, and everything that it's supposed to be. You know, this is a heart that's centered on God, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, let's talk about it. every time you've ever, you know, taken your focus off of God and put it on a on a boy. You know, you got a crush on a boy or or maybe you had a boyfriend and you guys broke up or whatever it was like. I want you to just rip a little piece off. And so, you know, the the whole thing, you know, they go through like all of these scenarios, which are ridiculous. And, you know, everybody's tearing chunks and stuff off of their off of their little paper heart. And when they got all done, they pass were like, it around for the little it's like uh, basically send it through a little gangbang. Yeah. <laughs> Spit on your neighbors. <laughs> Once they're all done, they were like, all right, now hold that up. Now this is what you have left to give to your husband. That doesn't look little piece. like it did, right? That's nobody would want that. I mean, that's just this awful, awful message to give. You know, yeah, you're it's human. really horrific. You're not getting through all of these different scenarios without losing pieces, you know. But anyway, so our first shirt is going to feature cool new logo that we're going to run with that I think you guys will like. It's a it's a little hand symbol. Uh, I thought it was satanic. Sam says it's not, but I kind of worry that that may be a cover story. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's a I hand with cross fingers, which I think has a couple of different, you know, contexts in terms of like the show and, and you know, Sam and I and stuff. On the back, it has a paper heart that is all torn apart and ripped and tattered and stuff. And it's all been taped back together into a heart shape. And it says born again, virgin across <laughs> it. We love that it. Be a fam- family conversation yeah. starter for sure. Uh, you know, we talked about maybe some family being disappointed in us. Uh, I definitely know they're going to be disappointed when, you know, wear that shirt to the next family gathering or something. But if you guys want to disappoint your families too, we're going to be, it's going to be a super limited release. We're going to do a little pre-order for it. We don't have the exact numbers yet, um, but we kind of want to kick off the new year with that. You know, we have the art done. We have the, the, um, the screen printer on deck, just kind of waiting to go. So keep an eye out for that. Very excited to get our first little round of merch out. Uh, very exclusive. We might do another print of it. I don't, it's not like a, I don't know. It's going to be a one and done. I could tell you it is. So that way we could uh, make sure we sold them all, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm up um, for swindling. My, I guess the other big news is we're, one of the things we're looking at is uh, maybe a potential slight restructure of the show. Maybe do uh, maybe an episode or two a month that I don't have a guest, uh, but are a little more calculated. We're kind of working that out now, but I, Sam Shipman, for those of you who who just walked in on the the year recap and need to hear my name, I don't know. Uh, I just got accepted to grad school, uh, so now I work. I'll be working mostly full time 
I have two kids, two foster kids, and now I'm in this podcast, and now I'm throwing grad school on top of all of that uh, to become a school adjustment counselor, or maybe sometimes people know it more as a school social worker. But that's starting for me in January, uh, and I'm very, very excited about it. I'm definitely nervous because my only uh, academic credentials are a uh, biblical studies degree from Liberty University that I got over a decade ago. So I'm not entirely sure what I'm in for, but yeah, did LU online did that? Was there any trouble transferring the credits? No, they took them all. Uh, it's like <laughs> I, I, I said, it's um, school counseling. Uh, it's a um, school adjustment counselor, but it's a Christian school adjustment counselor. I, I forgot to mention that's important. It's, it's Christian counseling, so it's it's the good kind, uh, the kind that really gets people where they need to be socially and emotionally in life. So I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, people go, look, man, I'm really struggling. You know, I, I have a very tumultuous home environment, and I can be like, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Uh, and I, I'm paying a lot of money to learn how to say that the right way. It's like, sale, okay, so you know sales, right? You can say something, and then you can say something, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm teaching you now. You're <laughs> shitty at sales. I'm going to teach you how to sell stuff. Uh, so, you know, you can ask somebody if they know Jesus Christ is their personal Lord and Savior, and you can, you can really ask somebody. And you can get in into their life and their heart and, and know where they're at and, and pick on those vulnerabilities so that way you can manipulate them emotionally into accepting Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So that's what I'm doing. One of the cool things about being a Christian uh, school counselor, too, is that like it really helps you prioritize the problems that they bring to you, because no matter what it is, if it's like, you know, uh, getting my brother is punching me in the face, you know, every time I go home, my parents are starving me to death, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. having all these tough time, like transitioning into new classes and things. You can always take those problems and set them aside. In lieu of the fact that, like, we haven't established whether or not you're right with God first. Exactly. Like, a girl could come into my office and say, I'm really having a hard time. My boyfriend's cheating on me with a lot of different different girls in the school. Um, And I can be like, well, do you know the story of David? Because he had uh, these kinds of issues, but he was a man after God's own heart. Have you considered that he's a future David? Have you considered that... Maybe you are. You both need to get right with God and, and commit your lives to Christ together, and maybe join a Bible study together. I, I really want to see you see you at the poll coming up. Uh, I think it might. You guys might not want to hold hands around the poll. Maybe put a person or two in between you. I don't know if your relationships for hand holding. Um, but guys, because you know, you know, we don't want your boyfriend holding hands with the girls he's cheating with you on. Something along the lines of like, I know it doesn't, you're saying he's not honoring you, but are you first honoring him? And did you wear a crop top at all this year in school? Because that's, we should probably address that. So I know that's important. Why are you going to school? I mean, you got it pretty much down packed. I do. I, because you can't legally counsel without uh, being licensed with the state. So I just need to get that. It's just about the licensure. It's just a, you know, bureaucracy. Dang right? government. Christians hate overreaching uh, government you know, shit like that. Regulations. So uh, I, I have to go, go through the motions, right? 
to get this stupid fucking piece of paper uh, so that way I can tell people what they really need to hear, which is the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus. So I'm excited this, about it. Is this the sort of position where you're going to also have to like substitute teacher or whatever, you know, gym class or sex ed or whatever, like in your spare time? No, you don't. You actually just sit in your office. You yeah, you lock the door, you put it out to lunch sign on it, and then you get summers off. So that's mostly what I'm excited about. Just working less. Uh, that's that's a big deal, right? Uh, you know, I will have summers off, uh, a week off for Christmas, some time around Thanksgiving, February vacation, April vacation, every three day weekend imaginable. So that's that's a perk. That's that's the only reason I'm actually getting into it. I don't your heart's like in the kids. right place. I don't care about them. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna phone it in for 180 days a year, minus a couple of snow days, and then and then just live my life and enjoy it. So that's I I want people to understand the real reason I'm getting into. It's probably a terrible idea to like have a recording of me talking about that, considering. That could come back to get me when I'm looking for jobs. But I mean, we'll they'll definitely clip this out in your deposition someday. Yeah, I don't know. I should probably preface all that with just kidding. Uh, but I didn't, and no one will believe it now. So, <laughs> Well, congratulations. For Thanks. Real it's, I'm excited for you. Something you've been talking about for a while, and man, ball's rolling. Yeah, it's official now, man. It's official. I have no life for the next three years. <laughs> I don't. I'm like trying to figure out what to do and how I'm gonna fit everything in. But it is. It'll. I, it's. I'm pumped, man. Like I haven't. You know, I'm in retail, right? And this is a terrible time to be in retail, right before Christmas. Uh, like I've I've mentioned before, I I'm working, or at the corporate office for a pretty decent sized retail company in the new England area. We've, we've expanded out of new England at this point, but I, you know, I took the job a few years ago uh, and I was really excited about it because I had, I was in, in another retail job. It was just a smaller company. I was, a, I was managing a fulfillment office and I was very excited when I took this job because it was, it felt like the next step in my, in a career, right? Like maybe I can really build upon this, find myself in a place that I really love. Um, and then after doing operations in a corporate setting for the past few years, I realized that I'm, it's fine. Like I, I really don't hate my job. I, it's ultimately a pretty good job, but it's just, I, there's no fulfillment in it at all for me. There's no satisfaction. Like there's that feeling. So like when you, when you, you know, you're working on a project and it's done and people are happy with it. There's like a, a, a sort of fulfillment there because you, I just generally take pride in my work and, and it matters to me to do a good job, but the work itself really has little meaning to me. Um, I don't feel like I'm working towards something that I, I can really get behind. Anyone who's listened to this has probably heard me joke about capitalism enough to know that it does feel weird to work for a retail company whose entire job it is, is to put knickknacks in people's homes so I can get a paycheck. <laughs> that are ultimately going to end up in a landfill somewhere. You know, it's not, it's just not, it's not for me is all. Uh, and I know a lot of people love the work and find meaning in it. And that that's great in it, but I don't. And it was funny. I had mentioned to my boss finally that I was going back to school and her, her response was like, so I guess you don't love retail. And I was like, no, I don't <laughs> surprise. I it's just not, I don't, I guess, uh, it's it's weird when you tell them that because it's like now you're like 
there's like this admission that I don't like this and I'm, I'm, I'm going to pay a lot of money out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year. We got, we got a bunch of, uh, cool guests that we're talking to and have lined up and stuff. Um, I don't know. We've got a few different things up our sleeve, but you know, overall it's been, this has been a ton of fun and I feel like we've met a lot of people that, you know, probably would have never had contact with or, or gotten to hear much from, you know, otherwise. And I don't know, it's just been a, it's been a good experience. And, you know, like on a, on a personal level, I feel like I understand a little more about my feelings on different things and um, have a new appreciation for some of the stuff that other people went through, you know, when you start wallowing in self-pity and you realize like other people went through conversion therapy and real things like no girls like me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and you got blown out a thousand to 10 in a basketball game. That was awful. Yeah. That still stings. (laughs) Almost worse than conversion therapy. It's been, uh, it's, it's really cool though. And, uh, you know, really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening every week and, and, uh, you know, letting us know your thoughts for those of you that have, you know, rated and reviewed us on iTunes and stuff. We really appreciate that. Everybody that's in the discord, we're, uh, we're, going to be reorganizing that a little bit and changing some things up but i don't know just met a lot of really cool people through all of those different mediums and uh it's fun i'm 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 excited to go into another year of yeah no uh, me too man uh we've met like you said tons of cool people i think this has been very it's been personally fulfilling for me in a lot of ways to have this outlet and to be able to talk to people about their experiences and hear where they're coming from and yeah, we're looking towards a whole new. I don't know. It's weird to even think of this as a mark, like the, the way that marks the end of the year for us. Um, to that it, it kind of closes out a chapter, and that you know, going forward next year, the type of guests we're going to get, who we're going to talk to, I'm very excited. Uh, we all, we don't have a, we got a few lined up for so far, but you kind of do this month by month, right? And, and you reach out to a bunch of people, you hear back from some. And so it's always exciting to see. And what I've noticed is that some of the people that you don't expect much out of, like you don't have much expectations. Say It's not that you don't expect it to be good, but you don't know much about them. The expectations are open. You don't really know what you're in for. And some of those have been some of the funnest, most incredible conversations we've had. And then you hit the stop button and you stay on and talk to them for another hour about life. and it's it's always a surprise and i love that um you might you you check in with people before you hit record right and then you hit record and then the the tone changes right now you're in interview mode and you almost have to like warm up again with everybody and some people hit that stride instantly and it's just it's such a fun ride for me i just having those varying experiences with different people it, and never really knowing what to expect until you get on a call with them it is rewarding and it's fun. So I'm pumped to see what, where this thing goes next year, man. Who knows? Maybe we'll uh, pick up a few more sponsors. 
Uh, shout out fun. to Captain Cecil's. We got to shout him out. Uh, his, if you haven't bought any coffee from Captain Cecil's, you're missing out. I bought a lot of Christmas gifts from Captain Cecil's this year. Yeah, it's, you got until Christmas to use I believe the growing up Christian for twenty percent off. Right? Yeah, it's a good ass deal. And then at fifty bucks, you get uh, free shipping. So it's you. You can snag some last minute Christmas gifts for people. I mean, it's Buy great to throw on. Bulk, boy. Yeah. I mean, I got plenty of people gifts and I'm also throwing in a bag of coffee because I think it it's worth it. And it covers the it. weed smell in the pack. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. I guess we close this out now. Yeah. Thank you for, for listening, man. And uh, we're looking forward to another big year of growing up Christian. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you later.